0: Hello, 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 and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Realm of Unknown podcast. If you guys are unfamiliar or you are new to the show, This is a paranormal and supernatural podcast that talks about pretty much anything weird or bizarre that I kind of come across. So the topics kind of vary, but we like to focus a bit on the American Northeast and this general area. However, for this specific month, you know, October and everything, we've been branching out a bit more and going into locations from across the globe and across the country and kind of varying how... (laughs) You know, the topics are l- two weeks ago. I think we talked about the, you know, a strange mystery. Last week, we talked about a bizarre creature. And today, we are actually going a bit more back to normal roots. And we're going to be talking about a paranormal thing, but also has a weird creature and a weird mystery around it. It has a lot of stuff. So it's, it's a fun topic. It's a fun uh, episode overall. But before we get into it, I just want to go over a few things. If you are new to the show and everything, you know, we upload weekly. But if you want to get some up-to-date stuff, be sure to go check out the social medias. There's a bunch of things going on with uh, that and, you know, the website that we've been making uh, with, you know, constant updates and stuff like that. But furthermore, for this month and the continuing month, we have been shifting into a bit of a fright month. Like Terror Tuesday type thing from previous shows that we've done and uh, those have been primarily over on the patreon Which has a one three and five dollar tier, but all these bonus shows are exclusive and across all those tier lists over on patreon and uh, we're going to be shifting it a bit more For the fall of doing stuff there. It is something I neglected a bit early on but as of the last few months and so, we've been uploading c- pretty consistently. And if you do are, or are enjoying some of the stuff that we're talking about today and want a little bonus extra you know, 15, 20 minute, maybe half hour type thing, uh, you can go and check out the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown because after every weekly episode, there is a bonus, you know, weird of the week type episode that is uploaded there every time so at the end of this episode if you want that little extra bonus be sure to go over to the patreon and it will be there Uh, there's even a bonus rss feed for you guys to plug into whatever podcast system that you're listening to and you can literally just switch over shows and you'll have those bonus episodes as well but okay so that's really enough shilling and rambling. There aren't really too many updates from the last episode of recording. So let's go into the topic. Today we are talking about the London's Highgate Cemetery and uh there's you know pretty common that cemeteries are a sort of haunted location but there are very few in the world that can kind of compete with the amount of paranormal activity and Just a lot of ghosts that the Highgate Cemetery has. This is, you know, by far the most bizarre one I've looked into, and this cemetery pretty much has it all. Ghosts, it has cults, it has a a banshee, and uh, it even has a vampire who lives there. So we've got a lot of disgust, and um, I hope you're ready for the ride. So let's get a little bit into the background and history of the Highgate Cemetery. During the Victorian era in London, if you were a you know high society or well-to-do individual, uh, there was no better place to be laid to rest than the Highgate. It was opened in 1839. The Highgate Cemetery was part of the plan to provide seven large modern cemeteries modern being of the time to the city of london these large and beautiful cemeteries were known as the majestic seven and they were located all around the outside of central london and this was due to pretty much like an overpopulation and you know increase in death i believe at the time that caused them to actually need new and more you know refined out cemeteries to you know, freshen up the place, essentially, and maybe take on the load that has been going on with the current cemeteries they had at that time. So the Highgate, like the other magnificent seven cemeteries, soon became a, you know, fashionable place to be buried and was, you know, fairly admired by visitors. It was a very beautiful place. It had beautiful uh, flora and architecture. And again, it, it was mainly a way to be a less of an eyesore as an, you know, city-based cemetery. During the Victorian era, presentation was a very big deal, especially for the elite, which was primarily the focus for these cemeteries. And that led the Highgate to be filled with a sort of gothic-style tombs and buildings and just overall decor, giving it a very almost eerie but also very alluring feel to it. And these cemetery grounds were filled with trees, shrubbery, and wildflowers. Most were actually grown fairly naturally without any, you know, human uh, intervention or influence in any way. Uh, It was just a very naturally beautiful place. And the grounds were actually even a place for, you know, local fauna. Uh, Lots of local birds and small animals would flock to these locations due to the increase of greenery. The Highgate Cemetery is particularly known for foxes that, you know, would call the area its home. Uh, it was just a lovely thing. However, during the 20th century, the you know, like we mentioned earlier, the graveyard became a fairly popular place for you know tens of thousands of London's richest, richest and most like well-to-do individuals and families uh, to be buried there. So they kind of took over for the most part. Each of these elite families were pretty petty, also. They were attempting to essentially outdo each other in having a more ornate or a more lavish headstone or monument or crypt. Uh, Unfortunately, though, this luxury did not remain forever, as by uh, World War II, the 20-acre cemetery would fall upon a sort of period of neglect. The ruin and decay was starting to sort of take its toll at this period after, you know, I think it was like a few decades or so of people just not maintaining it, people not really using it, it wasn't, I believe, open to the public for a period of time. And the, you know, the beautiful mausoleums and the headstones and the family crypts, they just kind of were left to the wayside and came into a sort of state of disrepair. In fact, in the early 1960s, the entire cemetery had been essentially completely abandoned. At this point between the 1960s and the 1980s and during this you know whole abandonment period is when stories of the high hat or highgate cemetery sort of began to arise and strange ongoings behind the highgate's walls began to spread throughout the city and that is how we got to the stories that we're going to talk about today Around this time of year, everyone is faced with the problem of, what gift do I choose? What do you get for your family, your parents, the white elephant events at work, or even just for yourself to enjoy at home as the weather begins to cool down? We all have this issue of finding the right gift with that special wow factor, but wooden puzzles from Unidragon could be the solution to your problem. Unidragon offers dozens of fun, colorful, and creative puzzles with beautiful landscapes or uniquely designed animals. These puzzles are a great gift for both adults and children alike. Unidragon creates their puzzles with uniquely shaped wooden pieces, offering both a new and refreshing approach to puzzles themselves, while packaging these colorful sets into premium wooden gift boxes. Unidragon even offers new puzzles every single month, so you always have a reason to check back in. If you want to get into that autumn feel with some really fun and creative animal designs? I would actually personally suggest checking out their Fiery Fox or their Charming Owl puzzles. Both are really neat They definitely give you that autumn slash fall feel. So if you are having some issues this year trying to find that perfect gift or that one gift that might have a bit of a extra punch of surprise to it, consider choosing Unidragon. Pick out your puzzle at unidragon.com and when you do, get 10% off your purchase with promo code REALM. That's promo code REALM to save 10% off your purchase at unidragon.com today to help solve that issue of what gift to get. So the local legends and the stories surrounding the Highgate Cemetery—they uh, vary throughout the years, but with that, you know, variety also to them comes a wide array of monsters and specters that seem to linger still on the grounds. Some of the original murmurs and tales that sort of spread around—essentially, it started actually—I should say also beginning with the surrounding area of the cemetery, and then slowly spreading outwards from the city. And the really the first uh, major sort of rumor that was being spread was that there was a strange group of men that were wearing black robes and roaming the cemetery grounds at night. Local eyewitnesses, again these are people living pretty much right next to the cemetery, local eyewitnesses claimed that these mysterious men would frequent the now overgrown burial ground, in order to conduct dark rituals. This was, you know, fairly typical, I feel like, for abandoned locations, but this was something that they were reporting. Furthermore, these reports would also kind of extend further into, like, the alleyways and stuff in the local area, but essentially it focused on the cemetery, the fact that, you know, it's closed, it's abandoned, no one should be there, especially at night. However, they're seeing individuals roaming around at this point. Those brave enough to explore the alleyways at night reported run-ins with otherworldly ghouls. In fact, the local newspaper was bombarded with first-hand accounts of red-eyed demons, terrifying ghosts, and even, as we mentioned before, a vampire. These reports became so numerous, from a variety of credible witnesses uh, to spirits and hauntings at the Highgate Cemetery, that this began became a sort of media sensation. Like I mentioned, newspapers were reporting it, local individuals were constantly having sightings and reports, and it spread pretty much throughout London. And it just went crazy. Again, this is in the 1960s is when it started, and it extends, uh, the media hype, or the you know, the height of the stories uh, extends into the 1980s. So this is not modern day London in any way, but just keep that in mind. So we're going to list off some of the sort of spirits and quote-unquote demons that they just mentioned here. And then we're going to eventually talk about the vampire, but I want to talk about these ghosts first. Because there are a few, and they for some reason have names. Which I feel like is rather unique for some locations. Okay, so first off, many people have seen a quote, or the quote, mad old woman who is a spirit of an old lady who is spotted running wildly throughout the cemetery, running amongst the graves and going crazy. People describe it as if she is searching for someone, so she is constantly shouting and running around, looking behind the graves. And the rumor goes that it is supposedly children that she is looking for, in particular children that, during life, she's supposedly murdered. I couldn't find anything to deter that these were her children. So it's anyone's game, what the heck happened? Next, there is the quote, shrouded figure. The names that they give them are kind of disturbing. But the shrouded figure is a female phantom who is commonly seen quietly staring up into the night sky. She is seen pretty much during the middle of the night. So when really no one should be there at all. And if you were to spot her and you were to approach her. uh, She would quickly and pretty much instantly vanish. However, once she vanishes, she would quickly reappear a few yards away in the exact same eerie position. Just standing there completely still, standing and staring up into the sky. Uh, I would not ever approach her I don't know why people approach her but thank you for those who did for us to learn this extra information next up with the types of spirits we have the devil ghoul uh this is actually one of the rarer sightings in the highgate cemetery amongst the many that you spot the first two you see more often uh this guy you don't you don't see him too much However, those who do spot him describe the ghost as having a set of piercing red eyes. And similar to, you know, the last one that we talked about, it has a habit of disappearing. And in this particular stories, uh, the eyes and this, you know, ghost would actually only disappear when... Exposed to direct light so either I guess a flashlight or a flash of a camera. I don't know uh, Only to reappear once more in the shadows So it likes the dark and it only stalks in the dark, which None of these ghosts are good, but adding on to the you know the encounters of These particular ghosts there are also spectral faces that would manifest pretty much out of nowhere and without any warning as you're exploring the cemetery. The Highgate Cemetery also has its very own banshee that seems to roam around during the middle of the night, wailing at the top of its lungs. We talked about a banshee in a previous episode. Um, oh god, it was for another cemetery actually. It was for the Wildwood Cemetery. In particular, they seem to linger around locations of death, so maybe that's why. And there are a number of individuals who claim that they have been personally assaulted by dark forces in the cemetery. Uh, However, these are more general claims and are not often linked to the specific spirits that we just mentioned. Some more, you know, quick minor spirits as well that have been reported in the cemetery on a few occasions. First off is a ghostly cyclist who seems to still be riding their bike and wandering the grounds of the cemetery again at night. And last but not least, we have the floating spirit of a nun. So Highgate Cemetery, you literally have a crazy old woman who is running around the graves, a weird woman who stares quietly up into the sky, Uh, A creepy thing that stalks you in the shadows, a bunch of faces that pop out of nowhere, a banshee who's running around screaming, similar to the woman, I guess. You're being touched, (laughs) you have uh, some dude on his bike, and then you have a nun who's flying around in the sky. This is a great place. (laughs) Like, it's just very odd. It's just a very weird collection of spirits, but I I find it very interesting. So real quick, before we talk about the vampire uh, and what's going on with that, Uh, he is pretty much the last sort of entity that's linked to the Highgate Cemetery. I want to talk about something real quick in relation to what might possibly be in connection to the ghosts. I would at least think that this might have something to do with, you know, disturbance after death. Uh, And that is exploding coffins. The problem with the dead you know, started back in the Victorian era, and that had to do with the exploding coffins. The Highgate Cemetery had a series of tombs that were built for those who wanted to be buried above ground during that period, and regulations at the time required that the tombs be encased with lead in order to prevent miasma or, you know, decay from leaking out of the the coffin. And as the bodies would decompose, you know, and they're in a hermetically sealed tomb. Uh, there's a lot of buildup of gases after you die, and this pressure actually caused the tombs and the coffins to just suddenly and without warning just explode outwards. Uh, the solution that they came up with was drilling a hole into that into that type of coffin, and placing a pipe into it, and then lighting a match that the gases would burn slowly. But obviously speaking, this sort of damage was already done. And since, you know, exploding after you had already died, it's probably not the best thing. And it's probably a good reason to come back as a ghost, I would say. Uh, It's just something interesting that I came across and I felt like I should mention. Uh, Because oftentimes you don't really hear too many reasons as to why a ghost might be haunting a cemetery, because oftentimes they're not. But, I mean, if you're laid to rest and you suddenly just explode a few days later, I would feel like you might be a little bit niffed for a, a period of time. But, okay, so with that note, let's talk about the infamous Highgate vampire. So, you know, robed visitors and spectral residents, they're not the only ones who have you know reports of strange experiences at the cemetery as we mentioned very briefly the highgate cemetery has its very own vampire lore many visitors have become obsessed with this legend it is pretty much what makes the highgate the highgate uh even going as far as spending entire nights alone inside the cemetery hunting for said vampire Again, during this time, uh, mainly between the 60s and the 1980s, uh, eyewitnesses reported what they describe as a vampire. The Highgate vampire is said to be a tall, dark figure that glides throughout the cemetery. His presence is frequently announced by a sudden drop in temperature, very similar to ghosts. Uh, He has also caused clocks and watches to stop in his presence. And he is also uh, known to sort of terrify animals within his vicinity. Uh, This is primarily due to a lot of dead foxes that are found throughout the cemetery grounds uh, that he is blamed for. I don't know why, but I guess it's like the biggest animal in the cemetery. And they're like, oh, he's drinking the blood. I don't know. Uh, The Highgate Vampire uh, is also known to have a sort of hypnotic stare. Very Kind of similar to most vampires. And bone-chilling effects for all that encounter him. It essentially makes you scared. Particularly those who find him at night, which you would think most vampire encounters are. Uh, Although, interestingly enough, from what I could find, there aren't really any reports of an attack. People spot him, people feel weird with him, but I can't find anything that says that they were attacked by a vampire, or they found a body, and it had puncture hole. like, there's nothing linking the fact that the vampire ate, or attacked, or killed, or drank the blood of anyone, so I don't know what he's doing. Unsurprisingly, though, it did not take long for this to hit the newspapers, like we said at at, you know, during the opening, this became a bit of a media frenzy, you know, it caused a bit of a mass panic in some regards. Hundreds of concerned locals began flooding the cemetery to, quote, uh, hunt (laughs) this sort of legendary vampire. However, as you may have expected, nothing was found during the hunt, except for a lot of wannabe hunters disturbing graves. I feel like if we did find one, you would probably know of this story before anything was even mentioned. Because finding a real vampire would be big. The book, The Beyond the Grave, actually describes this fairly well, the event of the hunters going after the vampire. And I'm going to read a quick quote from it. Many claim to see a particular creature hovering over the graves. Scores of, quote, vampire hunters regularly convened on the graveyard in the dead of night. Tombs were broken open and bodies were mutilated with wooden stakes driven into their chests. These stolen corpses turned up in strange places, continuously startling local residents. One horrified neighbor to the cemetery discovered a headless body propped behind the steering wheel of his car one morning. So, a lot of stuff. This was essentially a mad panic. And uh, it was actually dubbed the Highgate Vampire Sensation. Again, sort of just a a crazy media thing. People were going insane. I guess from what I can understand, it was a lot of like religious people and kind of maybe crazy people uh, who were taking it a lot more seriously. It wasn't the entire city, but again, once the newspapers got a hold of it, more people heard about it. And more people, I guess, got interested or wanted to get involved in some way. And it just became like a thing of its own. I don't really know too many things in modern day that have that similar effect, aside from like, I guess, typical stuff. I don't know, maybe even like the... Honestly, probably the closest thing is the Area 51 raid, (laughs) where just people went crazy with the idea of it and it became its own thing. But I haven't seen anything with, like, a hunting party of this size as of late. Uh, Maybe in, you know, obviously different countries, but not like this. But, interestingly enough, this is not, you know, the end-all be-all of the vampire sensation. Because at the climax of the craziness, there was even more craziness. Because we actually have something a little weirder than a vampire sighting. We have a magic duel between two wizards, and I am not kidding you at all. In 1970, two magicians known as Ferrant and Manchester claimed that each would be the very first to find and kill this supposed vampire. Uh, again, this is this is at, this is during the absolute height of this craziness. Manchester announced our. Er, You know Manchester announced an official vampire hunt to be held on Friday the 13th and there's an actual quote of the event a mob of quote hunters from all over London swarmed over gates and walls into the Lock Cemetery despite police efforts to control them. So it was essentially just a mob just an actual mob again led by a magician or wizard. I believe that's what they dubbed themselves. Uh, The two magicians supposedly settled their feuding and debate with a, quote, magician's duel. But it's pretty certain that, you know, nothing actually happened. And if it did, there were no witnesses to the event. Farron was arrested in the churchyard next to Highgate Cemetery with a crucifix and a wooden stake. And in 1974, he was jailed for the following... Uh, for damaging memorials and interfering with dead remains in Highgate Cemetery. Though neither magician was successful in locating and slaying, in that case, the vampire, especially during their various hunts in the cemetery, numerous graves were ransacked and real corpses were indeed staked and beheaded, as we mentioned earlier, and was very much real. Again, Probably not helping with the whole ghost problem on the side, but I guess you have to deal with a vampire because it's more real. I don't know. But finally, the debate between Ferrant and Manchester continues to this day. Uh, There was a weird feud. I believe they even had stuff going on in the newspaper. It was a weird thing. And their crazy rivalry deserves its own coverage, and we will be revisiting it. I am not sure if it will be like a Patreon bonus segment, uh, like a follow-up after show type thing, or if it will be its own like bonus episode. I don't know. All I know is that you can't really talk about the Highgate Cemetery without talking about Ferran and Manchester and their legitimate debates and magicians' duel and that craziness, but that would extend the episode a little longer and go a little bit off topic from the paranormal activity of Highgate Cemetery. So I'm going to be shifting that onto something else, but I felt like it would be something neat to talk about for a little bit, uh, because not oftentimes you find a location that has a legitimate wizard duel over who can slay a vampire in a haunted Victorian-era cemetery in the heart of London. It's just such a weird place. I don't know. I love this location. I always thought it was such a neat place. Uh, I heard stories of it in the past a few years ago, but I didn't you know, look into it until recently, and I'm glad I did. I hope you guys uh, did enjoy this coverage though that's all we have in discussion of London's Highgate Cemetery and the ghosts and the hauntings associated with it. If you guys have any of your own stories or heard anything else in relation to the cemetery, please do feel free to send us a message. You can do so over on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook or just email us. Uh, social medias are all realm of unknown and our email is realm of unknown at gmail.com. And even if you guys have your own sort of, you know, local cemetery, we mentioned this with the Wildwood Cemetery, feel free to send it to us. Uh, We, or I constantly love looking at new stories and reading about local legends, so I would 100% read through all of it. And remember, uh, if you do or are enjoying the podcast, you can help in a various variety of ways. Uh, The most important is leaving a review if you are enjoying it on whatever platform you like listening to. Uh, you know, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, whatever. A five-star review really does mean a lot, and it really does go a long way in helping with my really horrible upload schedule um, and keeping the algorithm off my back. But if you want to help the podcast grow even more and get some extra bonus goodies in the process, again, we do have a Patreon. That's Patreon.com/RealmOfUnknown. With a one, three, and five dollar tier list for a variety of bonus shows, you know, monthly polls, behind the scenes content. There's a bunch of stuff from personal investigations that I've gone on to local locations here in, uh, you know, Philadelphia, haunted cemeteries, haunted old houses, and, you know, lots of goodies. There's some recordings from uh, EVP sessions that. One of them, I think, might have something. Uh, I still don't know 100%, but there's also a lot of photos and stuff from those investigations that I think are pretty neat. So if you want to check it out, again, it's Realm Unknown at patreon.com. Or, no, it's patreon.com slash realmofunknown. It's, ah, it's confusing. But until that, uh, there's nothing else. There's nothing else to really chill out uh, and talk about. So again, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And if you want to get the bonus uh, segment, remember to go over to the Patreon. But until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful time. And I hope to see you guys next week. But in the meantime, remember to stay spooky. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.